You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is going to be huge. 360 in the contract, never that. I just take the contact, I'll bring it back. I'm running on the fast break, behind the back. Yeah, this, that, this, that, this, that. Dirk with the Mavs. Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, writer at Mavs.com, and lover of weird hats. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? If you don't get off my hat. <laughs> so, when I, when I was flying back from uh, New York, one of the m- more frustrating things for me is like where you sit on the plane. Where you have to put your hat. It has to be in the overhead compartment because it was too large. <laughs> yes, because you can't bend it. So like we flew American and it like assigned our seats for us. American. And of course, never fails. I'm in the middle seat. And I'm like, you know, I'm not the skinniest guy in the world. My shoulders are really broad. And I like, I get, you're walking on the plane and you're like kind of, you know, I was at like 17B and you're like trying to count down the rows and you're like looking down through there and I see like two people and I'm like, that's around 17. Please don't let that be 17. <laughs> yes, that was 17. Of course. So yeah, it was like one of those flights where I was in the middle and I couldn't lean back the whole time because if I leaned back, I would be like overlapping the other person. So I'm like leaning forward for this whole flight to New York and it was absolutely miserable. And this, the lady beside me was like, I don't know, 62 pounds and sitting there reading a book all spread out. I'm like, why don't you just, why don't you just be nice and be like, hey, why don't you sit in the middle and let me take the aisle? Because I'm obviously like struggling over here. Just like, <laughs> like leaning up, look like I'm praying the whole time during the flight. And yeah. And then my other flight, I sat beside this elderly gentleman. Um, that did not speak English very well. And he was against the window and like mid flight, he's like trying to signal to me that he has to go to the bathroom. And there was a small, small ounce inside of me that was like, what if I just acted like I didn't understand him? <laughs> the dude pees his pants in the seat. <laughs> uh, but I, I'm not, I'm not mean like that. So I got up and we all got up. <laughs> oh man. Speaking of getting up, there are still some free agents that need to get up and get into it, get on a team. They are, uh, they're still out there. There are still some guys on the market, guys that have people have asked me about over and over again on Twitter. Can the Mavs still get this guy? What if this guy falls through the cracks? All this stuff. Can the Mavs still get Clint Capella? <laughs> so, like we we have DeAndre, but what if we got both? And uh, so we're going to talk about all those guys today. Um, talk about all those. I might even mention some 2019 free agents because there's some interesting ones that I want to just throw by Isaac. So uh, let's get started and talk about that. First of all, the Mavs cap situation is a little cloudy. There's an order of operations. You have to do certain things. You know, Dirk's offer and Yogi's offer are pretty much pretty much set, at least from the team's standpoint. But Dirk's can be done with cap, cap room or an exception. Yogi's is going to be a qualifying offer, so that's kind of weird. And then there's just an order that you have to do things with, with bird rights. So if you have the bird rights to a player, you can sign them and go over the cap. If you don't have the bird rights, so these guys that we're going to talk about coming up, uh, the Mavericks don't have their don't have their bird rights, so they wouldn't be able to sign them over the cap. So there's a cert, just a certain order that they have to do with all these guys. Uh, and there's only certain guys that have their, you know, <laughs> their contract actually written down and like set in stone, like Luca did yesterday. Yeah. So that's just. 
they're in this in this waiting stage right now because obviously if they did find somebody else that uh, kind of fell through there and they're like, hey, we want to throw an offer at them in the four to five million dollar range, and uh, this person wants to take it, then with their situation right now, that would allow them to sign that guy first, bring Dirk in at that exception, and then re-sign Yogi as a restricted free agent on top of that. So they're just kind of in this waiting period right now of seeing what happens with some of these different situations and going from there. And, I mean, I, I have a handful of guys that are free agents that I would love for them to take flyers on. And, I mean, there's there's still a ton of dudes left. So There is. Yeah, it's it's interesting to see how it's going to play out. I was laughing about the like Kings. What if the Kings like single-handedly like make this whole market for restricted free agents? Like what if they just keep on offering like they did with Levine? What if they do Marcus Smart next yeah. and Boston matches? Then they go to like Jabari and then Rodney Milwaukee Hood, matches. Apparently they're going <laughs> to Then they do Rodney Hood. All of this this like this dry market market suddenly and restricted free agents, they all get their money from Sacramento. It only takes and, one takes one team to just so then the Sacramento will be in like the good graces of all the all, all these agents and they're like hey you all owe us one they're like Brooklyn they're like Brooklyn of 2016 for real yeah like Tyler Johnson what a horrific contract yeah that guy's a backup point guard <laughs> so bad <laughs> he's making gonna be like making, 18 years yeah he's gonna be making 20 mil 20 mil the next two years Dumb. so uh here's okay so there's some guys um that are interesting I the Mavericks are not in the market for guards, really, unless it's an off-ball guard, like point guards. But there are some interesting point guards that are still available that I was kind of surprised, like Shabazz Napier, Shane Larkin, Shelvin Mack. All three of those guys are available right now. And You say Shane Larkin one more time on this podcast. He was interesting last year. He played like good rotational minutes for the, for the Celtics when Kyrie was out. Yeah, he's not too bad. And just like to clear it up, like for Marcus Smart or Rodney Hood – or like even like Jabari or something like that. I know a lot of people are throwing that out there. Like, oh, could we try to? Like, it would just it would just take a sign and trade because yeah. I mean, if any of those guys said, "Hey, we'll play in Dallas for five million, their teams are just going to match it. I mean, that's a heck of a yeah. trade chip <laughs> there. So uh, they're not just going to let them go. Now, what you would look at is if something happened crazy uh, with their teams or something, and they had to like renounce their rights or something, and that's not going to happen for the most part, but if just something happened to where that team, their home, you know, their original team renounced their rights, then it's just free ball game. Then, then you could, you know, maybe try to convince somebody to play at like cousins did with golden state at like yeah. 5 million. And, uh, so and that took a Julius Randall, you know, signing and obviously a Doranka's cousins, Achilles injury <laughs> that, that had yeah. already happened. So that those are the factors in that. For Marcus Mart, that could be a Kawhi trade. Like a Kawhi trade could happen. They could have to, you know, renounce yeah. him and try to figure that out. For Jabari, I don't know. I don't know what that would take. Maybe a Kawhi trade. I don't know if they could they could pull that off. Mm, um, yeah, it just doesn't seem like there's not, anything no. that would happen for him. But they they just seem like they're waiting it out. And uh, and I don't know. I, I don't think the Mavs would go after Jabari anyway. I just don't think he, he addresses the needs that they have. I don't think they go after him, but I mean. If you're if for some reason they had to renounce him or something, I would definitely <laughs> definitely pursue it that way. Yeah, but at no. that point. I mean, out of those guys I mentioned, I mean Marcus Smart and Hood would fit better. Um, 
But, I mean, if you're Cleveland, you don't let Rodney Hood. I mean, you're going to suck. So you might as well just pay a, de- a decent little price for Hood and try to see what you have. So Yeah. Yeah, so the the idea of Clint Capella is kind of already done. This question that I'm getting yeah. a lot with Clint Capella is if he takes the qualifying offer, which is the one-year deal, then will the Mavericks make a big push next year for him? Yes. Obviously. <laughs> like, they definitely should. I think uh, a guy, Nathan Krog, he, he sent me that question most recently. Uh, yes, they, def- they definitely will. Uh, because Clint Capella is DeAndre Jordan, but six years younger? <laughs> yeah. I mean, unless they unless they – swing higher and think that they have a yeah you know a higher plan because they will God's be plan. they will be a team that will be able to theoretically clear up you know if they get Barnes on board with it they could clear up near two max cap space spots and but then you got to convince two guys to come and all that stuff so yeah that's a whole different issue that I don't yeah. think we'll be a part of but no uh, so yeah, so that's the Clint Capella situation. Definitely, uh, it, and that this is that the Clint Capella situation now is all just what is his relationship with the Rockets? And apparently, there it was reported that they offered him four years, sixty, which is hilarious because that's less than the deal the Mavericks offered Nerlens Noel. <laughs> and even like if Nerlens Noel hits his peak, he wouldn't be better than Clint Capella is right now. I don't think. Yeah, Clint Capella is really, really good. So. Uh... And he's probably only going to get better, no matter if you think he's a product of their system or not. I would be all about him in Dallas. So, yeah, I mean, as a Mavs fan, you're rooting hard for this qualifying offer. <laughs> and uh, you're rooting hard for if their their relationship to go south and then him take that qualified offer. I feel like people in Dallas will be celebrating at that point. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. Uh, especially since they, they the Rockets signed Chris Paul to this huge deal, <laughs> and now they have James Harden on this huge deal. And hey, it's, it's all right. Out. They lost Mamute and they lost Ariza, but you know what? They replaced him with Melo and Michael Carter Williams. I saw it's some. All, people, <laughs> I saw someone that said it's going to be better. I was like, no, <laughs> no, maybe not. Maybe it's I not. guess Melo might start. All right, so now that's kind of all out of the way. Coming up next, Isaac and I will tell you which free agents we think are possible, probable, and maybe likely to join the Dallas Mavericks next year. All right, Isaac. Players that could potentially join the Mavericks next year. So these, I have six. Here's some guys that we think that the Mavericks should target and could go after that – Will be decent players. None of these are going to be star players. So like, you're not going to hear your Marcus Smarts, your Jabari's. We already talked about them. No. But uh, but yeah, give me some give me some names. Well, I mean, obviously I'm going to focus on wings because I don't think we need a point guard. Any no. of those dudes. And um, so I'm looking at that. You know, obviously the first name I've mentioned him a thousand times is Pat McCall. Yeah, uh, he is a restricted free agent with Golden State. You know, with with three years, fifteen million, like test Golden State. You know, like five million a year. Yeah, fifteen. Like, would that would that test that? I because mean, they they're in a situation where they're in the luxury tax. So like they were able to they were luxury. able to sign Boogie because they had their an exception for him. Yeah, um, so they they might look at that and say, okay, hey, we like Pat McCall, but we could sign Jamal Crawford on the minimum. All right, and yep. Like Pat McCall, you know, whatever. But 
because they're you know they're gonna be title people every year. So Pat McCall's twenty two years old, six seven. I played in the finals. I played in the finals a couple years ago, like or this year too, I guess. And uh, or no, did he? He had that scary injury. No, he came back. He did for come like back. the I last he, like game or two or something. He didn't play meaningful minutes this finals, but he did the he did the last finals. Yeah. Um I'm all about him. If we got Pat McCall, I would be beyond thrilled. Okay. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That's that's the type of dude that I like for us to swing for. Um just keep it on the restricted free agent. I only have two restricted free agents. The other ones are unrestricted. Is uh, Josh Eustis. Josh Eustis played all oh, four yeah. years at Stanford with uh, with Dwight Powell. He's a restricted guy for OKC. He got some decent minutes last year. He played 69 minutes or 69 games uh, for uh, for the Thunder. <laughs> nice. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he's 26 years old, 6'7". And, you know, he's a – you want to say older, but a little bit. I mean, he's at 26. He's not like a Pat McCall at 22. But that's another guy to where how much – we all know uh, OKC's uh, luxury tax situation. So, how much would they um, would they pay for Josh Eustis? And I'd be down for bringing in somebody like that. Yeah, that's an interesting name. And both those guys, Pat McCoy and Josh Eustis, for their teams to retain them, it's going to cost what three times the amount because yeah. of their luxury tax penalties. The Thunder, even if the Thunder get rid of Carmelo, they're still going to be the luxury tax. There's still you know going to be this huge huge fine for keeping these players so at that point you kind of test the teams and you're able to test a team and say is this guy really worth you paying you know like isaac said with that that deal paying pat mccall five million a year that could cost them 15 to 20 million you know like 25 million in total uh, yeah you know something like that i don't know how the exact math works out but it, it just costs you so much exp- you know more than maybe what the players can be worth because pat, pat mccall what's he what's he gonna play <laughs> you know like how much is he really gonna play on this warriors team yeah, I mean for real, and Josh Hughes yeah, too. I would say Pat McCall is a, a two three, some or a three two, somewhere through there. Yeah, Houston is probably a three. You know, is a three, maybe some two, maybe some four. Um, can I give you a couple more? Yeah, well, Wayne Ellington is one for me uh, that I think I that- love Wayne Ellington. You know, Tar Heel, I love every every bit of him. I just I keep on waiting for somebody like Philly or somebody like a really good team to say, "Hey, come in and shoot for us." Yeah. So, but so he's he shoot he shoots uh, what is it thirty eight percent for his career from three. When he was in Dallas, do you know how what he shot from three in Dallas? <laughs> no, forty two percent. Dang. He there's something about Dallas just gives guys a bump. Like Doug McDermott yeah. had this bump, uh, so. He made like six million last year, and so if the Mavericks could come in with that four, with you know, with four million or something like that, that's not too far off what he made last year. And he signed that deal in, in like, I think he signed that deal in 2016, where yeah. where there was ton of money. So I think that I, that it doesn't seem unrealistic for me to to be able to sign him to that kind of a deal, especially in this summer. And then like, would Rick play him? Like that's my thing. That's the other if, question. Yeah. If he if he's a vet like that, he's gonna want to get some. I mean, he got good minutes last year in Miami. Would would Rick commit to pay uh, play him over Yogi behind Wes, um, over Dorian? You know, behind like Barnes or something like that. I mean, I would be down for sure because I love Wayne Ellington. But that's more than I would be. Yeah. I mean, I I would be all about bringing in Ellington for sure. 
I just want to, I, if I knew for sure that he, he would play a lot, but I just, yeah. I, I keep on thinking that he's going to go to a, a, a playoff team that's going to need his shooting a lot more. I mean, we need it, but like a team that's going to be in like the yeah. top four or five. Yeah, Philly is a good one. That's a, that's a really good one for them. Uh, he's going to be 31, by the way. Yeah, that's another thing. He is a little older. Mm. You just don't think about him as like that old at this point, but he's yeah. been around forever. He was on a three-point contest last year. Uh, yeah, that's that's a name I think is, is kind of interesting. The other one that I hear a lot is Rodney Hood. Uh, like Isaac said, now that LeBron's gone, they are still – I think they're still in the tax. I don't know if they're in the luxury tax, the, the Cavaliers. Yeah. But it's still going to cost them a lot. But I think, like you said, I think they still – they keep him around, try to see what they have in him. I mean – I'd be all about getting Rodney Hood. If we could, I mean, if you can pull him in at that like three year, fifteen million, sign me up any day, all day, and uh, take the flyer on that. But I would just assume Cleveland's just going to bring him back. I mean, nobody's going to throw like twenty million at Rodney Hood. Even Sacramento, they'll probably throw like fifteen at max, maybe. The thing about Rodney Hood, I'm just concerned that Rodney Hood didn't make it in Utah. <laughs> that's it. That's just such a good system and such a you know good coaching staff and just a good culture and environment, and it didn't work. You know, I'd still like, take a flyer. That, that kind of concerns me. Dude can it, get it, buckets. A flyer to me is not three years though. <laughs> three years only paying five million a year. I'm I'm down for that for a, a young score like he is. Yeah. All right, give me give me some other names. I have some more, but go ahead. Um, these are a couple, uh, probably like two threes, um, that shot pretty well from behind the arc. The Trevion Graham. Uh, from mm, from Charlotte, yeah. that was kind of weird that they like renounced him and said, "Hey, pretty much go do your thing." Uh, Charks, our buddy Charks, mentioned him specifically yeah, uh, on our podcast uh, before, right after the draft. And um, yeah, I mean, he shot forty one percent from three last year. He's twenty four six six. I know. I think I saw something the other day. Cleveland really likes him. Some of these other teams really like him right now. So that's a guy that I'm just keeping tabs on. I tell you, a guy I really, I really like, and I was surprised how tall he is because I thought he was smaller. He's six five. Is Pat Connaughton? That's a name that I have on my list right now too. I, you know, he's twenty five years old. He played in all eighty two games for Portland. Yep. And you know, he's six five. He shot thirty five percent from three. He just seems like a Rick Carlisle. I mean, you don't want to like draw <laughs> why, the white. Isaac? Tell me why. You don't want to draw the white dude comparison with like Collinsworth, <laughs> but like he would be a better Collinsworth, you know. Yeah, and yeah, he he could he kind of play he could he's like the combo guard type. He's super athletic too. Yeah, super athletic. Dude could have been a professional baseball player right now for sure. And um, yeah, I like him. Good character guy. I I like him a lot. That's just somebody that um, I could see him entertaining also. Yeah, that would be really interesting. He would definitely be a three for Dallas, <laughs> which is kind of funny. <laughs> he would but be yeah. like a, a mega Devin Harris. Yes. A younger Devin Harris. Yeah, but better shooter, I think. He shot 50% from three the year before last. Wow. On uh, how many attempts did he take? Well, it was 33 attempts. Never mind. That's not too, that's not too crazy. <laughs> but still, that's 33 NBA attempts. Yeah. He shot 35% last year on 200 attempts. I was he, also really shocked that, they, like, Portland renounced Napier and Connaughton. Yeah, both of those and, guys. And replaced them with Anthony Simons and Seth Curry. Yeah. You know, to each their own. But I thought Napier and Connaughton both played pretty good minutes for him last year. And maybe they're just thinking, well, 
if those guys played well, then maybe we can get you know Seth Curry to come in here. I think Seth Curry is better than both those guys. Yeah, um, but maybe we can. If he's, if he's healthy, they're betting on maybe a system more than just like the players themselves. I don't know. Um, that was the other player that I have. Another one that's kind of interesting to me. There's a bunch of there's a bunch of older guys, uh, but we'll talk about those in a minute. Is uh is Michael Beasley? He's still out there. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Michael Beasley. Just an, just an interesting name. Just throwing it out there. He's a wing, good scorer. Just throwing him out there. Still available. I'd like to see him and Rick. That'd be fun. <laughs> That'd be great. Okay, uh, before we take a break, Isaac. Uh, actually, when we come back, Isaac uh, and I will tell you which former Mav will be back as a Maverick next <laughs> season. There's a whole bunch, and I'm excited to talk about them coming up next. There's only one I really care about. All right, Isaac, there's a whole bunch of former Mavericks. I call these the old heads. These are the old heads that are still out there, the former Mavericks. There's a whole bunch of them, and it's kind of hilarious. Devin Harris we've talked about a whole lot. There's Jason Terry. There's your boy. <laughs> if we I, drop everything and bring back Vince Carter. Vince Carter. There's Jameer Nelson, Corey Brewer, Richard Jefferson, all guys that were used, that were Mavericks at one point or another that are still out there. Vince Carter I mean, would be awesome. I think Vince that- Carter takes everything. Like no matter, I'm sitting here saying, "Hey, let's take flyers on guys. I want to see what wings we, can, you know, try to develop. All this stuff. I don't. Vince Carter takes every bit of sensible knowledge out of my brain. Bring him back to Dallas at all costs. I mean, he's literally so you my can favorite. Him every game. He's literally my favorite athlete of all time. Bigger than Jordan. Bigger than Ray Lewis. Like he is my favorite. He's my guy. He was the he was the first guy that when I first started doing this stuff in the NBA that I was so nervous when I was like walking into the arena knowing that it was like shoot around that morning and I could I could meet Vince Carter. And I remember like I stuttered when I asked him a question. I was like nervous around him because I just I just grew up this everything about Vince Carter. So <laughs> yeah, bring Vince back at all costs, even though I don't think he will come back go to golden state vince get do that it. ring do it i would be totally down with that i want that so bad that'd be great that'd be hilarious people would be so mad i don't care what people think <laughs> i just want i just want him to be a warrior and like get a ring and i would be so happy for him that would be fun he i think of those guys fills the biggest need yeah dude like if they pitched him and said hey you could be our backup three that would be awesome be your backup three. You play in this lineup of JJ Devin, <laughs> JJ Devin, uh, you Dirk and Powell. Like, look at this lineup. Look how good this lineup was. You're gonna look so good. You're, you're gonna be in such a position to succeed. <laughs> that's and and that's the argument that I see for somebody like Events and Devin is they like multiple people, multiple veteran like voices in the locker room. And if they ever if they ever trade off Wes. That would basically just leave JJ and Dirk, and JJ and Dirk are are and good. Barnes, and Barnes to an extent, like I think I think Barnes is at that point in his career. This is what his, his sixth or seventh year. And yeah, he's but been I'm like a, old, he's been old heads, like you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Like Vince, like JJ and Dirk are good vets, and they're like with everything. But Wes and like Devin add like a different type of veteran leadership too. 
And so, like, if they ever plan on trading West for, like, another, like, younger, like, rotation player, or if they do pull off something like that eventually. If they finally do one of our good trades we've been sending them. We keep <laughs> sending them. I keep adding the Dallas Mavericks, and they just never respond to our West Matthews trades. We've done it four times now. In that case, I could see, like, Devin or Vince being on. Um, but don't get my, my hopes up, man. If I see a Woj bomb and it says Vince Carter is signing with the Mavericks, just know that wherever I'm at, I'm, like, starting to shed a tear, okay? And I'm shutting down. What If I'm in the delivery room for my wife, it's over. Like, we're just shutting everything down. Wrap it up. It's the perfect day. <laughs> I'm just all crying, all tears of joy. Vince Carter mentoring Dennis Smith Jr. too. Stop it. That, Stop that, it. that's. And Luca. That's right there. That's right there. Say, like, Luca, this is how you don't. <laughs> I know you forgot how. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's, those are some interesting names, too. Anybody else on the, I mean, Jason Terry for the nostalgia factor. No. That would be no. interesting. No, just for the nostalgia factor. Another old head, a guy sure. that's been around, loves Dallas. Dallas loves him. Don't don't you just dismiss NBA champion Jason Terry, guy that probably should have won the, the out of NBA. those three. I would I think I would want Devin and Vince. Yeah, as players, More. but Jason Terry, the nostalgia of bringing back Jason Terry is. Yeah, that'd be cool. I guess. No, stop! Come on, this, this is the guy that won the Mavericks championship. <laughs> yeah, I would be about Jet. I, I always had love Jet. Um, don't you I just, just dismiss Jason Terry? Obviously, I love because Jay. I feel like Vince and Devin could be like the old head vets that could actually log meaningful minutes. Yeah, you're right. Like Jet, you're just like, hey, go stand there. Like Jet would probably just won't play at all. No, he wouldn't. I have a couple other non-maps that I want to mention. All right, go for it. These are more like four threes. <sighs> Nigel Hayes, out of Wisconsin. Yeah. The Kings the Kings signed him to like a multi-year deal, uh like minimum deal right before they did the Zach Levine thing. So <laughs> as soon as so they like literally did that. Well no, it was like uh I think it was in like April they did that. And then they had to waive him <laughs> to do the Zach Levine like offer sheet. So like he's 23 years old, he's 6'8", has a 7-3 wingspan. I just really liked him at Wisconsin and he's one of those dudes if he can play the 3, I'd be about it. Be about taking a flyer on. I don't think he's the route to take, but I do like this last guy. He's the flyer of all flyers, Bruno Cavaclo. No. <laughs> Dude, sign, like let's do it. He's he's <laughs> It feels like how long ago did it feel like Fran Fraschilla said he was like two years oh, from two years? Do you know how how long ago it was? How long? It was four years ago, <laughs> bro. He's twenty two years old. He's just twenty two. I feel like he should be like twenty five or twenty six. He's six foot nine with a seven foot seven wingspan. He's he's the he's the type of like I don't know. Throw the flyer at him. Bring him to camp. Well, that's same. Nick's not about it. It's fine. Bring him in and let him play with the legends. Him and Costas. Bruno there and Costas go. just win the, the G League championship. He's at length for days. Oh, man. So, yeah. By the way, are- speaking of Costas, by the way, I wanted to read this because somebody somebody's put this on Reddit today. I just thought it was really funny. It's, kind of, it's pretty much a sh- Sodom shame. Oh, no. Mark Cuban needs to rebrand the Mavs. Honestly, since the mid-2000s, I haven't been a fan of the Mavs logo uniform. The Mavs reminded me a little bit of the Spurs. A great organization, but a bland brand. 
Mark Cuban needs to embrace this new generation that's coming and completely rebrand the Mavs. Golden State did it in Curry's early years, and what the Bucks and Timberwolves have done really made them more interesting. With Luka, Costas, Dennison Jr., this team really needs to rebrand. <laughs> I hear him out. Like, <laughs> yeah, like his point is valid until he like throws Costas in there. <laughs> yeah, he throws him in there with the other group. I will say this: um, <laughs> the Skyler and Dallas dude, dude can kill it, bro. That he has, yeah, he has some good stuff. He's had the best mock-up. Oh wow, and such graphic. shade thrown at Tyler. Such shade thrown. <laughs> oh, like do you know this guy? No, just I know them from their Twitter designs. But there's just, there's guys going back and forth now about. Oh no, he's really good too. I mean, he's obviously really good. But man, what the Skyler and Dallas dude did with the green. Oh, sign me up. I'm all about that. That's the best looking ones I've seen. Simple, but like effective. And yeah, they're like, okay, people are going to hate me for this, but they're like the Lakers jerseys. The Lakers jerseys have always just been like simple. You got the trim around the side, the straight color. Like, how you relate stuff back to the Lakers? I'm like Bill Simmons, aren't I? Amazes me. (laughs) I'm I'm like Bill Simmons with the Celtics. Amazes me. I mean, I don't want to do this, but it kind of well, okay. reminds me of the Lakers. Okay, stop. This okay. is green and white and blue. They're like the Celtics. Then this is like a clean jersey design. You know, it doesn't have all the like yeah. weird stuff on it. Like you know, that's the way to go. Yeah, I'm with you. It's like the Celtics, not the Lakers. It's like both. Have you seen them? <laughs> Lakers has like all like cursive letters and crap. Some of them do. I mean, unless you're going back to like freaking like Wilt Chamberlain days. This is Isaac, who's never watched a Lakers game in his life. Yeah, I have. Wilt tape. <laughs> what if Wilt Chamberlain could come back? Wilt Chamberlain's still still an unrestricted free agent. He's the true goat. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh, what a bad take! All right, on that note, guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked On Map. We'll, oh, wait, wait, wait. Let me do my uh, let me do my uh-huh. next year restricted free agents. All right, I'm going to give you a list. You're gonna restricted get free agents. Restricted free agents for next year. I'm going to give you how many of them are going to actually hit the market. Yes. Give me which ones you think are actually going to hit the market. We'll just go one by one. Towns. No. Porzingis. No. Miles Turner. Possibly. Kelly Oubre. Possibly. That one to me is... I don't the, want him. ...is likely. Why? Mm, I'm just kind of out on him. They have. They're paying his... so much money that I don't know if they'll be able to pay him. Okay, keep on going. Jordan Bell. I mean, I think they'll keep him. Ooh, ooh, but restricted free agent. Give him that offer sheet, just like Pat McCaw. I mean, I'd try. I mean, what is he? Like, is he more than, like, a glorified Kenneth Freed? Do you see that step back three he hit? One. (laughs) So mad. Minute ball hit threes also. (laughs) Keep on going. Justice Winslow. Interesting. Um... Yes, that's possible because I think Miami has to be swinging for the fences again. Our hypothetical Maverick that that theoretically should be a Maverick because we acquired him in a trade during the Locked On Network mock draft, Stanley Johnson. Yes, sign me up. Um, I don't think they – gosh, they – I this season will determine everything with him. Yeah. Everything. Yeah, that's yeah. a lot. Uh, this is not for the Mavericks, but D'Angelo Russell – no, dude, has that dude? I literally thought about him a few days ago. He 
like no one talks about him no, at, at all, all anymore. At all. Like, is he still like playing basketball? Or? Yeah, and he was decent. Like he was injured last year a little bit, but uh-huh. like I don't know. People just don't talk about him. Last year, let's see. Yeah, he was like fifteen points, five assists, four boards last year in like twenty five minutes. But he only played thirty yeah. games, or he only played forty eight games. He needs a breakout year this year. It's coming for him. It's coming for him. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon. No. Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Uh, we're getting into these weird guys now. Yeah. I mean, I guess so. I mean, he he should he probably will hit the market, but and Brogdon probably will too. The Bucks, man, they they kind of make a big time push this year, or else Giannis is going to enter. Anthony Davis. He's going to enter DFW. Is what he's going to enter. He's going to enter the Metroplex. Stop! Stop getting our hopes up, Nick. This is the time to hope. It's the summer, the off season. Time to hope. <laughs> and we hope you enjoyed today's Lockdown Mavericks, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Peace out. Boom. <laughs>